The Forgotten by Joe Potts. Max knew this was going to be a tough sell. Looking out the window of the mayor's office, the bleak street didn't look any cheerier from three stories up than it did at ground level. And Mayor Hank Stone didn't seem to be in a mood to take suggestions from a newcomer. Look, you don't have to tell me this town's on its knees. You think no one knew that before you came? You've been here, what, a few months? We've been living it for years. Where were you then? Max watched the thin snow scurry around from the chilly wind off the lake. He waited several seconds before looking at the mayor. Mayor Stone's face, as weary and weather-worn as the town, showed the burdens faced over the years as the town struggled with harsh economic and social realities. Hank, I don't claim to be some know-it-all savior for Lakewood, and I know how much you love the town and its people. But, you know, sometimes a fresh pair of eyes can see what others miss. Since I moved here, I've met a lot of nice people, including you. And with Christmas right around the corner, well, I just think those people deserve a little something to boost their morale. It wouldn't take much, Hank, just a little. The mayor put his face in his hands, then rubbed his eyes before replying. (sighs) I wish I had a little to give, Max. I really do, but I don't. This town is down and out. Our pockets are empty. Our coffers are empty. Heck, sometimes I think our souls are empty. We've got dust in our cash drawers and tumbleweeds on our streets. A lot of what you say is true, Hank. I'll admit that. But you're wrong about their souls. The people of this town have not given up. Sure, they've been kicked around a bit by fate. A modest light of night on Main Street, that's all I'm suggesting. They just need a little sign this Christmas that we're thinking of them, and they haven't been forgotten. A little sign is probably the only thing I can give. I'll have my granddaughter write Merry Christmas in crayon on a paper bag and hang it up on Main Street. I think we can do better than that. And we don't need much, really. I can canvass local businesses and churches to see what they can kick in. Like the song says, we need a little Christmas. Hank, we need a little Christmas now. Max left the mayor's office and walked the three blocks to his apartment. A once-elegant old department store had been transformed into a multi-use property, with offices, a few small shops, and apartments of varying size. Ideas whirled in his head about Christmas and how to lift the spirits of the town. Before going to his third-floor apartment, he stopped at the door of his friend Rose, who lived across the hall. Max knocked softly, and Rose opened the door, a broad smile on her face. I heard your footsteps. I don't get many visitors, and I don't get around as well as I used to. So I was hoping you'd stop. Hope is often rewarded. Come in. Wait. 
What's that shy little furry face I see peeking from behind the couch? Is that my buddy, Shyla? Come on, Shyla. You know you love Max. In response, the fluffy cat ran across the living room floor and rubbed against Max's leg, rewarding him with a loud purr. Well, aren't you the sweet girl? It's incredible how she's taken to you. She's usually so shy with people. She really takes care of me, though. She's my little love, my baby. These days, I don't know what I'd do without her. Come, sit here at the table where we can look out the window. Max sat down and looked at Main Street below. He could see the mayor's office three blocks away. The street didn't look any cheerier from this direction. I've been talking to Mayor Stone about Christmas. I'm trying to arrange some holiday decorations for Main Street and to have a Christmas light-up night. I think it's just what this town needs. A little hope, you know? Something to bring smiles to people's faces. Oh, Max, what a great idea. You're just what this town needs. Then the smile left her face, and she took on a conspiratorial tone. I never liked this town, you know. I didn't want to move here. It's so cold and snowy in the winter, what with the lake and all. I'd love to move back home. I've been talking to some old friends about it. I know you don't like it here. He also knew the last few years had been rough on her, including long months of chemo and radiation treatments. She had moved 150 miles to Lakewood to be near her daughter. The lake can be beautiful, you know. What does your daughter think about you moving back? I don't know. Megan's not talking to me again. She thinks I'm too bossy and trying to run her life. So now Shyla is the only one who listens to me. Oh, and you do, of course. On hearing her name, Shyla jumped into Rose's lap and curled up. I don't know what I'd do without my Shyla. My life would be pretty hollow. Well, I'm here to help fill it up. I'm sorry to hear about Megan. Christmas should be a time for families to come together, don't you think? Yes, I do. Megan is just so busy with her job. I don't think she has any patience left for her mother. Max was thoughtful for a few moments. He reached out and took Rose's hands in his. Well... Things can happen at this time of year. Small things and great things. Anyway, I'm going to do my best to spruce up this town for Christmas. And not just with spruce trees. <laughs> but between the city and me, there's not much money for trees or decorations. You know, my son-in-law Nate has the big Christmas tree lot over on 3rd Street. Remember? You met him when he and Megan were visiting me when you first moved into your apartment. You could have a look there. He wasn't expecting much of a tree crop this year, though. <laughs> I mean, he said that when he and Megan were still talking to me. Maybe he has some scrawny ones he'll give you a deal on. Tell him I sent you, <laughs> although that maybe will hurt more than help. I'll definitely look into that. And maybe I'll try to smooth things out a bit, you know? 
The next morning, Max went to the Christmas tree lot on 3rd Street. Nate was the owner of the only car dealership in town and was a bit more prosperous than many of the townsfolk. Rose said he ran the tree lot to pick up some extra holiday cash. Max also knew Rose's low opinion of him, though he lived by the credo of making his own estimations of people. Hi, can I help you? Hi, my name is Max. Not sure if you remember me, but your mother-in-law, Rose, sent me. She said to say hello. I need quite a few trees, but I don't have a lot of money, I'm afraid. Rose, huh? Look, I don't have a lot of trees, and nobody has a lot of money these days. The Christmas tree crop has been dismal the past couple of years, so some of these aren't so pretty. Well, I've never seen a Christmas tree I didn't like. It's all in what you put into it, you know? I'll take any of the overlooked forgotten ones you've got. Forgotten? Hmm. You know, at the beginning of the season, I got a delivery of some really sad trees. I mean, these were the real Charlie Brown jobs. I figured nobody would want them, so I tossed them in the back, behind the old storage building. I figured I'd just burn them eventually. Geez, by now, who knows what they look like. You're welcome to take a look. They walked behind the storage building and were greeted by an icy wind racing through the space between the buildings. <sighs> it's definitely December. And getting more like the North Pole every day. That doesn't help with the tree sales, you know. And I hear there might be a Christmas light up. I hope Santa has antifreeze in his sleigh. Oh, I don't know. Weather is changeable, you know. I might have to look into that. Nate came to an abrupt stop and gave Max an odd look. Look into that? What are you, Santa's helper? <laughs> no, uh, not exactly. Just don't underestimate the power of prayer, my friend. I'll tell you what, I don't underestimate the power of money. Okay, looks like we have, geez, I'd say 40 or 50 trees here. Nasty looking bunch, though. I might feel guilty about charging you for them, but not too guilty. How about this? You deliver the trees in your fine big truck there to City Maintenance Garage. I can't pay much, but you'll have the trees off your hands and the city will be one step closer to a Merry Christmas. All right, all right. I'm a regular Santa Claus. They're yours. I don't see how those miserable sticks can make anyone merry, though. All it takes is a little faith. Surely you have a little faith left, Nate. Very little. Ho, ho, ho. Now, pardon me, I see I have some real customers coming in. Max headed home, feeling he had made some headway. As he approached his apartment, Rose opened her door and poked her head out. Max, come in. I'm so happy to see you. Max entered the apartment, and Shyla greeted him with a meow, a rub against his leg, and a purr. Shyla, are you taking good care of Rose? She always does. I still can't get over how she makes such a fuss over you. You must be special. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I'm glad she likes me. You are special, and you've been an angel to me. You're my special angel. With everything that's going on, 
and now Megan's shunning me. Well, you're just a godsend, that's all. Family members should never act that way. And with Christmas coming, it just isn't right. You know, we're going to have to do something about that. Do something? I don't think there's anything that can be done. Oh, there's always something that can be done. You believe in the power of prayer, don't you? Yes, I do, up to a point. To solve this would take one big whopping prayer. Well, I was going to some churches later. I had to see about getting a few donations for the Christmas celebration. You know, a few strings of lights or a nativity scene, maybe a couple of spotlights and some wreaths. A few little prayers at each stop might equal one big whopping one, right? I suppose so. This city has quite a few churches. Which ones are you going to? Max smiled as he rose and went to the door. Why, all of them, of course. Max visited Lakewood's churches over the next few days. He also made one visit he hadn't told Rose about. He dropped in to see Nate at home on the pretext of thanking him again for the trees and bringing him up to date on the decorations. But he really wanted to talk to Megan. Max could be quite charming and persuasive. It was one of his gifts. He hoped he could arrange a Christmas gift for Rose that she badly needed. I'm so happy to see you again, Megan. I wanted to share with you how wonderful and welcoming your mother has been to me. <laughs> really? Oh, yes. She's been an angel. I'd have been lost these past few months without her. It's not easy being a newcomer, you know. Well, of course you know that. What with Rose having gone through the same thing, I'm sure you helped her adjust and feel at home. Oh, <laughs> yes, of course. I'm sure that's why she's been so nice to me. She's following the example you set. Daughters can teach mothers as well as the other way around, you know. So I'm grateful that you've been such a blessing to her. Ah, uh, that's what daughters are for. And she really appreciates it, you know. She never stops talking about you, about how wonderful a daughter you've always been. She's really fortunate to have you for a daughter. She tells me that all the time. Really? Oh, well, uh... Rose is a wonderful human being. Why, you two are a match made in heaven. She didn't have you for a daughter just by accident, you know. No, I suppose not. <laughs> of course not. Just the other day, she was telling me all the wonderful memories she has of Christmas with you. Christmas is a magic time for families, don't you agree? You're quite lucky that she lives so close so you can easily be together on Christmas. I don't have that, you know. I'd give anything to be able to see my dear old mother on Christmas Day. But that can never happen again, I'm afraid. Really? I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. Thank you. Yes, all I have left at Christmas are memories. But fond memories of Christmas with family are a true blessing, wouldn't you say? They should be. Max felt satisfied when he left. Perhaps the breach between mother and daughter would be closed. But he still added a fervent prayer. 
Mayor Stone scowled as he approached Max. He pulled up his collar against the stiff wind whipping down Main Street. <laughs> well, Max, I'll admit you've done more than I expected, but it's still not enough. The city crews have lined the streets with the scruffy trees you scrounged up. The wreaths have been hung on the poles, some lights draped here and there. But it's not enough. This city spirit is still hanging lower than a fat sow's belly after feeding time. Why, Hank, you surprise me. I thought politicians specialized in making silk purses out of those sow's bellies. Imagine what you can make out of this Christmas celebration if you had a little faith. Oh, I can have faith, but I need to be met halfway. The Christmas light-up is tomorrow evening. This doesn't look promising. Promise is always there. I'm still working on this. Don't you worry about it. And as long as you have a speck of faith, the Lord is willing to meet you a lot more than halfway. Just be here tomorrow, Hank, and let's see what happens. The evening sky was crisp and clear. The high school band played a slightly off-key, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Hopeful townsfolk gathered, not expecting much, but willing to show up and see. Max smiled broadly at Mayor Stone and placed his hand on his shoulder. Just look at the people, Hank. Look how many showed up. Isn't that an inspiration? Light Up is only a few minutes away. Yes, and when they see how miserable it is, I'll lose every vote I ever got. Max, I shouldn't have listened to you. You wound me, Hank. And worse, you wound yourself. Where's that faith we talked about? Look, there's colored lights, spotlights, wreaths, decorated trees. You name it. Yeah, yeah. All we need is Santa and Rudolph. Let's just light it up so we can get home. As you like. Looking back... Mayor Stone was never sure exactly what happened next. He thought, but wasn't certain. He saw Max look up and make small movements with his hands to the heavens. Or maybe he was just cold and flexing them to warm up. Whatever the case, a soft wind came down from above, and suddenly small shining crystals filled the air. The canopy of stars of minutes ago could scarcely be seen through the thick blanket of flakes and tiny slivers. Then the spotlights flashed on. The red, green, and blue Christmas lights sprang to life, and strands of miniature twinkle lights began pulsing. The crowd reacted as one, first with a faint gasp, then with a cheer. Main Street was transformed into a colorful, joyous celebration of the sacred holiday. The frozen flecks lightly covered the Christmas trees lining the street, tracing the outlines of the branches. The lights coming from all directions shone through the ice crystals, giving the trees the illusion of being covered in gemstones lit from within, 
by a million watts of Christmas joy. This, this is incredible. Where did you get those trees? Max, you've exceeded my expectations. I know, but your expectations weren't much, were they? As for the trees, well, they were the forgotten ones that no one wanted. Sometimes we need the forgotten ones as much as they need us, Hank. And look at those people's faces. The important thing is I exceeded their expectations. Yes. Yes, I see you did. Maybe there's something to your faith thing after all, huh? Well, I certainly believe it. Yes, the forgotten ones. Look how happy the people are. I could definitely show a little more faith, Max. Who knows? I might get a few more votes. Maybe you would, as well as a better life, don't you think? I suppose I would. <laughs> That's the spirit. And now, excuse me, I have an important visit to make. Max walked the three blocks down Main Street to his apartment building. The trees glistened and glowed. The people sang. Lights illuminated his path. Christmas spirit was in the air, and Max was deeply moved. He hoped his preparations had been enough for one lonely soul. After stopping at his apartment, Max knocked on Rose's door to the rhythm of angels we have heard on high. Rose opened the door and greeted Max with a beaming smile. Oh, Max, it's, it's wonderful. Come look at the magical sight of Main Street from my window. It's so bright, so bright and Christmassy. How did you do it? Max entered, set a box on the coffee table, and went to the window. Well, it's just what this town needs and what the season deserves. I had some help from above. That prayer thing, you know. You're too modest. It's a regular Christmas miracle. Speaking of miracles, you'll never guess who invited me for Christmas dinner tomorrow. I'll bet it was Santa Claus. Max, you're a hoot. No, it was my daughter, Megan. Believe me, I'd have been less surprised if Santa had called and invited me to the North Pole. She was crying and said at this holy time of the year, let's not bicker. And Max, guess what? She said she loves me. That's wonderful, Rose. I'm sure she loves you very much. Max, I have a great idea. Why don't you come with me to dinner? I'll check with Megan, of course. But I know you're new to town, newer than I am, and probably don't know a lot of people. Rose, that's absolutely the kindest thing anyone has done for me since I came to this town. And it's a terrific display of the Christmas spirit. But you know I'm leaving tomorrow morning. I've come to say goodbye. Max, no. This was always what I guess you'd call a layover. I'm sort of an itinerant troubleshooter. Now I have a new uh, project but I brought you a little present as a remembrance. 
Max picked up the box from the coffee table and handed it to Rose. You've been so kind. Before you came to town, I felt like everyone had forgotten about me. Oh, Max, I don't have anything for you. That radiant smile you gave me is all the Christmas present I need. And just look how the townspeople are filled with the Christmas spirit and how beautiful those once discarded trees are. I couldn't ask for more. Rose took the top off the box and lifted out a large glass object. A snow globe. And it's so big. Oh, Max, it's Main Street. There's the courthouse, the mayor's office, and our building. And it's decorated with the trees and lights and wreaths, just like the real Main Street. Max, where did you get this, and so quickly? Are you a magician? No, I just like to tinker with things. Plus, a little faith can work wonders. Go ahead, give it a shake. Rose shook the snow globe, and the flakes inundated the tiny street and coated the Christmas trees. Minuscule lights in the bottom of the globe illuminated the tiny town and caused the trees to glow. Oh, my word, Max. Look out the window. It looks the same as the globe. Merry Christmas, Rose. Max, this is the best Christmas present ever. Surely, your reconciliation with Megan tops a snow globe, Rose. Yes, you're right as usual. Having you in my life was a great present as well. I'm not sure what I'll do without you. Well, I'll peek in from time to time. Don't you worry. And I'm sure Megan will take proper care of you. Max felt a soft rub against his leg as Shyla meowed at him. Oh, excuse me, Shyla. Yes, you'll take care of Rose as well. Merry Christmas to both of you. And any time you need more of the Christmas spirit, Rose, just give the snow globe a shake. After Max left, Rose looked out on the ongoing celebration on Main Street. The snow softly swirled, the people sang, and the forgotten Christmas trees sparkled majestically. Rose looked at the snow globe resting on her coffee table. To her surprise, the snow was still swirling in the globe, adding to the magic of the illuminated trees. She turned and looked at Shyla. That's odd. I wonder how Max managed that. Shyla's only response was a loud purr. That was The Forgotten, written by Joe Potts. Cast members in order of appearance. Narrator, read by Joe Potts. Mayor, read by Paul Fox. Max, read by Scott Walton. Rose, read by Susan Potts. Nate, read by Clark Stevenson. Megan, read by Maria Kosisko. Directed by Carrie Fetter. Produced by Thomas Marinchak. Audio technician, Matthew Mann. 
Sound Design, Matthew Mann. A production of We Are One Body Audio Theater.